This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Mama Mystery. I am your host, Kelly. And I am your co-host, Austin. Austin's back. Some are happy. (laughs) Some aren't. Most are happy. We've been getting so many new reviews. Thank you so much to those of you leaving reviews. I appreciate it a ton. I know there's been a few sprinkled in um, that, you know, maybe don't appreciate Austin, but he's not going anywhere. Because we're married. We're married as all get out. Yep. So he's going to stick around. Um, Okay. Before we jump into today's episode, which, by the way, is going to be a Patreon exclusive, but I'll get into that later. Before anything, I want to talk about this huge update today. December 30th, there has been an arrest in the Idaho murders. This is insane. So we have huge news coming out of Moscow, Idaho today in the case of the four University Idaho students who were stabbed to death in the early morning hours of November 13th. Brian Koberger was arrested at about three o'clock in the morning on Friday, December 30th. Here's what I've been able to find about him so far. He is 28 years old. He's a PhD student or graduate from University of Washington, which is only about a nine-minute drive from the University of Idaho. They kind of hug the border of their respective states. They're only like one town away from each other. He was studying criminal justice and criminology, a PhD in criminology and criminal justice. So I'm going to touch on that in a minute. But earlier this year, he was working on a research project and sought help from the public by posting the following thread on various uh, platforms, but on Reddit as well. And it says, quote, hello, my name is Brian, and I am inviting you to participate in a research project that seeks to understand how emotions and psychological traits influence decision making when committing a crime. In in particular, this study seeks to understand the story behind your most recent criminal offense with an emphasis on your thoughts and feelings throughout your experience. In the event that your most recent offense was not one that led to a conviction, you may still participate. And he leaves his email address for those who want to opt in and the link to the anonymous survey. So I clicked that link and I was able to view some of the questions. Some of them were... Why did you choose that victim or target over others? Also, after committing the crime, what were you thinking and feeling? 
Another reads, after arriving, what steps did you take prior to locating the victim or target? Please detail your thoughts and feelings. Well, that's pretty weird. Another one, before making your move, how did you approach the victim? Please detail what you were thinking and feeling. How did you accomplish your goal? Before leaving, is there anything else you did? How did you leave the scene? Those are just a few of the questions that were included in this survey, and I cannot help but think, yikes. Yeah, that's weird. Knowing what we know now, that he is the person who's being charged with these murders, it makes me wonder if the only reason he ever went into criminal justice or criminology was because he had this sick mind and wanted to know what it was like to commit a crime like this, but how to get away with it. So maybe he was, you know, studying to the level of a PhD to see if he could get away with it. And I'm glad he didn't, but what type of person? I, I mean, it's just like I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it. And it's been, my mind has just been racing about this all day. Um, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's pretty ironic, the whole criminal background or criminal education background. Yeah, and the pictures of him, which I've put all over our TikTok and Instagram and Facebook, and I'm sure you've seen it. Um, he kind of looks like a mixture between Israel Keys and Ted Bundy. And, you know, some people will say he looks like the type of guy that would do this. I actually don't think so. I think See, he, I do. I think he looks creepy now that we know what he did, but half the reason I am, and a lot of true crimeers, a lot of people that are interested in true crime are interested in it because it's so fascinating that somebody can be so seemingly normal and do something so abnormal. And trying to like bridge that gap is something I don't think we'll ever be able to do, which is why we remain fascinated and all these cases just never get old. I, I agree with that. I think that he he looks creepy because you know what he did. Yeah. But if you didn't know he did that, he looks like a normal dude. Yeah, I'd be interested in hearing him actually talk and knowing what he's like in person. Um, I mean, it's just how do you how do you know? Like, you could be walking amongst a serial killer and or a murderer and not even know it. So, in early December, police announced that they needed help from the public in locating a white Hyundai Elantra, and sure enough, a white Hyundai Elantra was taken away from Brian's home in Monroe County, Pennsylvania. He was arrested in the Poconos Mountains near Scranton, Pennsylvania. Which uh, who the hell knew there were mountains in Pennsylvania? I actually did not I know sure that. Did it. <laughs> I, I actually did not I, know that. I feel like an idiot, but I know we have some Patreons actually in Pennsylvania and probably a lot of listeners too. So I please forgive. Like please forgive our ignorance. You can call me a dumbass. I'll like I'll take it. I really didn't know. Um, I take getting a call to dumbass like every day, so no worries. Yeah, he gets pretty, he gets pretty dragged in the in the reviews. But um, anyway, Brian is currently being held in Monroe County, uh, Pennsylvania, which is where his parents live, and so that explains why he was there. But he's currently awaiting extradition to Idaho, and according to Brian Enton who is a reporter. I follow him on Twitter. He's always got the like fastest updates about these like trending cases. So I follow him. I suggest you do too if you're into that kind of thing. But he asked, um, I guess Brian asked if anyone else was arrested, like as he was being arrested, and that he had a quiet blank stare. 
So a lot of people are like, why did he ask if anyone else was being arrested? Does this suggest that he had an accomplice or is this just a motive on his part because he has studied criminal justice and criminology to just kind of like get people off off track? I don't That's interesting. I guess I don't know. Yeah. And we won't know um, for a while. So another thing I want to note is that today professional cleaning crews went into the house where the murders took place to clean the scene. But after they went in, they were forced to stop because of an update. They wouldn't say what the update was, though. And I wonder if this had something to do with Brian's cooperation or lack thereof. Um, So there was a press conference held this afternoon and I watched it. And here are the main takeaways. So one of the things that the chief said um, was, quote, I recognize the frustration with the lack of information that's been released. However, providing any details in this investigation might have tainted the upcoming criminal prosecution or alerted suspects of our progress, end quote. So I really just want everyone who is listening to take that into consideration when you're scrolling on social media and you see like theories or speculation regarding any case, not just this case, but any case. And I kind of went on a tangent about this in our last episode, but I I think it's just important in life in general to always ask questions, to always seek sources and figure out what the actual facts are. Don't, don't just take it as fact because somebody might've convinced you on even a podcast, you know, like I'll cite all of my sources in the show notes. If you want to go read them for yourself and I, I welcome criticism or correction. So I just want everyone to like keep an open mind because In this case, there were people who were dragged through the mud. And there was one TikToker who made an accusation um, about a professor at the University of Idaho. And that professor is actually suing that person that made that allegation. Um, And then, of course, you know, we saw Jack Showalter, albeit he had, you know, there were some suspicious like red flags that were based off of the the food truck video that would have made us think that maybe he had something to do with it. But, you know, at the end of the day, until it's confirmed by police, we just really don't know if it's true. So um, next up to speak was Bill Thompson, the uh, I'm going to butcher this. And they even said it the Lata, I think, or Lata County prosecutor. Um, he announced that there are four counts of first-degree murder being charged against him, plus felony burglary with the intent to commit the crime of murder. So, obviously, there was an arrest David affidavit or a probable cause affidavit. Um, that remains sealed until... Brian comes back to the state of Idaho. Once he's formally served with those charges, that probable cause affidavit could be released to the public. And, you know, it could be uh, sealed. It could remain sealed for the remainder of the investigation before a trial starts or or whatever. There's various reasons. But um, until then, we won't know why police sought Brian Koberger. We don't know what led to his arrest, whatever what evidence there was that pointed to him. So he's being held on no bond, and he will be back in court in Pennsylvania next Tuesday. He has a public defender for now, and he could either waive extradition and come back on his own, or he could agree to the extradition and the process would be started, but could take a while. So I don't understand that. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because I didn't understand it either, and I actually mentioned that in one of my TikTok videos, and a lot of people responded 
with their, uh, with their understanding of that process. So from what I've gathered is if he waives the extradition and just comes up, comes back on his own volition, he would still be in custody, but he just, I guess it's, it's saying that he wouldn't fight it. He's not going to try to fight the extradition process and buy more time in Pennsylvania, or he could, you know, try to fight it and eventually have to come back if a judge orders him to, I guess. I don't know. But regardless, he's going to stay in custody. He's being held on no bond. I mean, there's no way so this not, guy is getting out. They're not trusting him to get back to Utah by himself, Idaho by himself. Correct. Okay. So last thing I want to say about this is that this arrest comes on the same day that a celebration of life is planned to take place in honor of Kaylee and Maddie. Her parents, her family, her friends have all planned for this day to celebrate their life. And I just can't think of any better gift than to announce that an arrest has been made in this case. I'm sure they're breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief. I'm sure the residents of Moscow are probably breathing a sigh of relief because I'm sure they've all been just walking on eggshells around town wondering who the hell did something like this. Who's capable of doing something like this? Turns out, Brian Koberger. So, any thoughts on the Idaho case anymore? I got nothing. I think okay. it's insane. Yeah. And all I'm right. super curious to hear how the dude was busted. Because all the way across the country is like, I don't know, my mind just explodes because I'm like, I don't I don't know how they do the work they do anyways. So it's like remarkable that they found this dude in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of speculation on how he was connected to at least one of the victims. But I'm not going to talk about that until it's actually confirmed. But, I mean, we have to remember her. <laughs> As armchair detectives, as true crime podcasts or pages or whatever, we are not granted the access to all of the resources that the FBI and law enforcement have. I mean, that is like such an obvious statement, I know, but I think a lot of people forget as they're like digging through the internet. I mean, that's really like your only source of information. Meanwhile, they have like databases, labs, people who are well-versed, you know, have been in forensics for years and years and have this like background and education and experience will never do as good of a job as them. And if we do, it's rare. <laughs> like, obviously, there's that Netflix documentary, Don't F With Cats. Which I always think about how nuts that is. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that is a rarity. So, I mean, as frustrating as it is when they aren't giving out a lot of information, law enforcement, we have to respect that it's for a reason. And maybe we don't understand it, but... It's for a reason. Okay, so with all of that as a preface to obviously you're not putting out inaccurate information and only listeners will hear this because you're not going to go put it on TikTok. What is, the expect, what is the suspected relation to a victim? All speculation. Oh. You've done plenty of a preface, but what's the speculation? Oh, I just, I, I don't even want to say it because I don't want to put the wrong thing out there. But I guess this wouldn't hurt anybody if it's not true. I guess the speculation was that he was somehow related to one of the victims by selling her a car recently. So Weird. there was like speculation that there was some relation from Brian to the owner of the car dealership where she brought, bought her car. That's not confirmed. It's just, rumor. Got just it. out there. All right. Are you ready for today's actual episode? Let's hear it. Okay. So 
Today's episode was recommended by Cynthia Lopez. You can recommend an episode for us to cover on our website, mamamystery.com. We've gotten so many requests that I have a file on my computer with all of them. So please send them in, but just know that I do have a lot to go through and I try to go through them frequently to pick, you know, the most requested ones, but don't let that discourage you. Please never stop recommending cases. So Cynthia writes, quote, I want to request that you cover the case of Sandra Cantu. This actually occurred in my hometown of Tracy, California in 2009. I was only 11 years old and still remember how the kidnapping and murder of Sandra weighed heavy on our town. The outcome of her story changed the way we were all allowed to play with our neighbors or even walk home from school, end quote. And I think after you hear this story, it will have the same effect on you as well, because the person that was behind this entire crime was just the person you would last suspect. So if you want to hear this full episode, you will have to go to patreon.com slash mama mystery, because this one is an exclusive one just for them. 